0: on this week's episode we talk all about accessibility
1: yes we're going through many different things in our lives that we do or don't find accessible and explaining it so stick around Hello and welcome to Rare with Flair,
0: the podcast where two twenty-somethings of the same rare disease are living our best lives. I'm your host
1: Cassandra, and I'm your host Casey. Casey, I think I almost forgot my own name for something. You did. <laughs> oh, you that's know, to say. I'm awkward. your host Casey. Like, what's? Happening? Oh, oh, well, maybe it's Freaky Friday and we've switched <gasps> bodies. You wouldn't know. you wouldn't know we'd still see the same we wouldn't get good vision Ah, from switching bodies um yeah Yeah, we're recording this earlier than we normally do. Maybe that's why your brain is fuzzy. Maybe.
0: I also, like, I just now, I think I got it fixed. I had an eyelash that fell in my eye as soon as we started recording. And I was like, oh, no.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. Eyelashes,
0: forgetting names. It's great. But how's your life been? You know what? It's been good. I really want to, like, go all out fall. But it's really
1: hot. And I'm annoyed. Oh, it's very hot. The high tomorrow is 100. Are you kidding here. me? Either. No, literally it's 100.
0: is rid- ridiculous. Are you doing anything like cute fall, though? Because I, um, I
1: I'm excited. I'm going to be fall baking. Cass and I could go on and on about oh, this. Yes. We want to bake. All the pumpkin things, pumpkin bread and cookies. What else am I doing, though? You know what I'm going to do for my nephews? I'm going to have them over and do like a trick-or-treat like hallway thing for them in my house. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. Going to obviously go to like some Halloween parties and things like that. I would love to do some other things like a corn maze or whatever. But what about you? What are your fall plans? Well, I'm
0: going apple
1: picking. Apple picking? When are you going
0: apple picking? Saturday.
1: (gasps) Um, Oh my gosh, stop.
0: I, like, I'm trying, I'm going with some of my friends. Honestly, like, yes, is apple picking not worth the cost? Probably. You could get probably equally fresh apples from the grocery store or even the farmer's market, but it's the experience. Yes. I... I, like, I see those memes all the time that it's like, yeah, I would love to pay, like, $40 to, like, pick rotten (laughs) apples up off the ground. Like,
1: (laughs) but it's really fun. It puts me in the fall spirit. No, you got to get in the fall spirit. I am going to a football game and, like, tailgating and stuff on Saturday, which is not really my jam, but it does feel very fall. You know that is
0: very fall, though. Football
1: season is very fall. Football season. It's very fall. And, hey, if anybody wants to get in the fall spirit, you know what they could do? Hmm. They could go back to last year and listen to our fall episode, "Gray Skies, Apple Pies, and Hayrides." Oh my! I, I love that you remembered
0: one. the title because you can also go back two years and listen to our first fall episode.
1: Are we yeah. even doing one
0: this year? I don't, I don't know that we are, but we'll definitely talk we're... about it at nauseum anyway because oh, that's yes. what you've come to know and love
1: from this podcast. That is what you've come to know and love. Any other updates from you? Um I'm trying to think. Um
0: yeah, just Why like, am I talking like uh, any other updates? Um, updates. Uh, more baking adventures. I like rediscovered some like passion fruit pulp in my freezer and I was thinking like, ooh, I can make I love making like curd tarts. So, you know ooh. you can make like a, a citrus curd out of pretty much any citrus fruit. Um, you know, I've done it with like well, Pretty much any fruit, but I've done it with blueberries, with lemons, with limes, with um, cranberries. I was like, oh, passion fruit would be like a perfect curd, and I could pour it in a tart shell and it would be super
1: good.
0: Yes. I don't know when I'm gonna Sounds do so that.
1: Good. What about you? Sounds so good. I have a few pop culture updates, oh, if anyone please cares. Tell. I so Cass and I are still watching SpongeBob season three we now. Are Very in exciting. Badge. I also am watching Shits Creek now, which is very funny and I keep talking like Moira like in my everyday life. so <laughs> oh, that's I a problem. Wrote. And then I also discovered this new artist. I love, you know how I was I was in the worst music funk of my life for like the first half of this year. And now all of a sudden everything is happening. So I have Things to tell abandoned. the pod. I'm obsessed with this girl named Leve, but it's spelled L-A-U-F-E-Y. And you know what's so funny, Cass, that I discovered? Is she's like one of my, th- my third top artists that I love, and they all live in like, Iceland or Norway? Oh, uh, that that's so
0: perfect. Because yes, it's like fur, aurora. aurora,
1: and of monsters and men. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're all over there. I don't really know why, but she's like a modern jazz singer, and I'm obsessed with her. And I then Paramore like, is also maybe coming up. Oh, role.
0: yeah. I feel like like m- music from like Scandinavia slash Iceland. Like they have like a certain vibe. It's very like like soft guitar indie stuff, or also just like really cute floaty vocals. Um, yes. So I feel like I feel like that's very much like in your brand, and I love it. I
1: love apparently, it. apparently, it's so weird, but that is like one of my uh, my third favorite artists from that area. So, but, but they all sound kind of different, though. They all have a that's different true. vibe. That's but, true. Aurora, but is similar, different but, from but similar. Yeah. True. yeah but there's still yeah i don't know i can't but i i agree with you it's something about it is my vibe i don't know mm-hmm. I see but I see anyway it. anyway <laughs> you guys this episode is
0: really exciting maybe just for me because i um, know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know well so uh we're talking about accessibility and we're talking about accessibility for like digital accessibility and also for you know Real world built environment accessibility. And I'm
1: excited because this is my actual job. Yes. yes. I am giving the reins to Cass a little bit on this app because I'm like, you know, everything and I know nothing. <laughs> but as a person who uses, um, you know, like, uh, or, or, or who needs things to be accessible, that is good. And I know I wanted to give a little distinction. I know we recently did an episode mm-hmm. about assistive tech. Um, and obviously, assistive tech helps make things accessible to us. But this is going to be different. Um, we're going to be talking um, just about accessibility, what is and isn't accessible and, and what accessibility really means and all of that. But Cass, you're the one. Oh, you're the yes. one who really this is your field. This, yeah. So, so I'm an accessibility advisor, which
0: basically means that I'm kind of like a consultant for... Um, some of our like tech teams at the at the firm that I work for, and so like I have a few different teams that I essentially consult with, and they ask me like questions about accessibility, and they help me like you know define issues, and like I look at designers that make designs, and I try to make sure um, that the designs that they have in mind are gonna be beneficial for accessibility but like that aside though I about assistive tech versus accessibility like what Casey was just saying like yeah it's like you're totally right on and like assistive tech is like what we the people with disabilities use in order to try and like get things done in our daily lives um, but it doesn't really matter if we're using something that is making like is helping us to see the page, uh, or not, because if the page itself is not made accessibly, it's not really going to help us at all. Um, but so I don't want to put you on the spot, but like, do you, do you know what accessibility
1: is? I mean, I guess I'm, you know what's funny about me? Side tangent. I'm always bad at defining words, <laughs> even when I know what they mean. I'm bad at putting things into words, but I guess accessibility would be something that everyone can, there's a word I'm looking for that everyone can, I'm so bad at thinking of words. Um, can you, I mean, The word I was looking for is not use, but that's a word, I guess. Everyone can. Oh, what's the word? I think (laughs) it's I think the word is in the word.
0: Everyone can access (laughs)
1: access. (laughs) (laughs) That works. That works. Yeah. Something that everyone can access. Everyone can use despite your disability. um, You can use it. Yeah.
0: That's pretty much exactly what it is that like people and, and specifically making sure that people with disabilities can access like digital information whether it's like a website or an app or you know pretty much anything that you would use a screen to look at um so that they could use it in a way that is equitable right that like it you can get the same amount of information out of it yeah if you can't see versus if you can um and so i think i'll try to be really quick about this but like a lot of times, like, people may not even know how people with vision impairments access information. And so yeah. I wanted to quickly run through, like, different disabilities and how, like, the different assistive tech that we might use to access information. So, like, people who um, are more t- on the spectrum of, like, totally blind that are, like, less low vision than Case and I, like, don't rely on our eyes as much. They use something that's called a screen reader and um, a screen reader essentially like reads out loud what's on the screen. Um, And you can kind of like move the focus around on the screen and it moves like from kind of like you would read in English from top to bottom and left to right. Um, So you can kind of hear in the order in which you would read what's on the screen. You know, Casey and I have low vision, so we do use our eyes a lot. And we talked about this in our assistive tech episode, but we use um, what's called a screen magnifier a lot of the time. So essentially, it kind of zooms in on parts of the screen at once and we can kind of move our mouse to be able to see the entire screen. But in order to do this, we have like a good like mental map of where things are positioned on the screen already. Um, someone with like a mobility disorder who might have hand tremors or something like that might use like a keyboard to navigate instead of a mouse because they might have a hard time controlling the pointer. So like if you're ever on a form online and you hit the tab key and you see that the focus moves from like one like form field to another, like your first name to your last name, Um, That is intentional, and it is made so that people who have mobility uh, difficulties, like, you know, yeah, hand tremors, one of them, um, or even just, like, people who have very limited mobility, but they can hit, like, a button, um, they can use that. Um, There are so many types of assistive techs, too, for various disabilities, especially mobility disorders um some people who can't move at all have something called a switch controller uh where like essentially they can control things with well so there's eye movement but like also it's essentially like it uh it it's like a a square cursor i'm doing a bad job of explaining this but it's like a square cursor and it will like periodically highlight things on the screen um and when you when it highlights something that you want you kind of like nod and mm. then it will it'll click it. It's really it's really fascinating. And you're There's, using
1: your eyes to like go yeah, to the one you or want. or like okay. your
0: head movement. Sometimes that can uh-huh. also help. Um, there are just there are so many ways that people have invented to make things um, usable by people with a variety of disabilities. And like even something as simple as like closed caption is obviously that's accessibility. Like if you can't right. hear a video then at least you could read it um right so anyway like there are standards for this uh in terms of like digital tools like there's a list of standards called the web content accessibility guidelines where you know we can evaluate like say a website and see if like it meets all of the criteria or or not it's really it's actually really hard to be completely accessible um there's always going to be a little something but these standards were made by like the World Wide web consortium um and they're constantly being updated but it tries to like incorporate the needs of all people with disabilities to use websites so that's that's my monologue
1: <laughs> no i i think you did a great job of explaining that and i think you're right on when you say that people often don't even know how people with disabilities access things. They just don't even know because, yeah. um, you know, I've had this thing happen so many times where I'll be on TikTok or YouTube or even with the podcast, like wherever I am, Instagram, wherever. And people will always say, every time I say that I'm blind, but if it's relevant to the conversation, they'll always say, well, how are you typing? How are you yeah. on here? How are you using this? And like, sometimes they're asking it in a genuinely nice way, like they don't know. But sometimes they're saying it in an accusatory way of like, you're not really blind. How would you be on the internet if you're blind? <laughs> and like, I mean, I'm ignorant in some places too. Like there are some, even like, you know, mobility stuff, there are some things, mm-hmm. I don't know how they access things, but I would never like judge and say they can't. I just don't. I just don't know, you know, every single way that things are accessible. Yeah. But I think that's something that that this is why I'm glad we're doing this episode. And I think it's something that needs to be talked about more. Right. It's
0: It's sort of a niche, but it really shouldn't be because legally, like, people are, especially, like, companies in the United States are required to have accessible platforms. And mm-hmm. basically what that means is, like, if you don't, as a person with a disability, if you can't access certain information, like you have all the right to sue them because mm. you can't get what you want done. And that's not equitable, like just straight up not equitable. Like, right. um, and so like there, there have been so many legal cases with this with major companies. You could literally just Google accessibility lawsuits and mm. read all about different settlements that were agreed upon. Um, There was a really famous one that actually happened only a few years ago, back in 2019, with Domino's, um, where this one was famous, though, because um, there's the ADA, which just rules for disabilities in general, but it doesn't specifically mention digital spaces. Mm. And it's a little harder to govern that because, you know, digital spaces are often international, Uh, But essentially, if you conduct business in the United States, it was ruled that you are subject to the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines, the standards that I mentioned before. Um, And if not, you you can be sued. So, like, Mm. it is really important, not just because it's the right thing to do, but a lot of the times, like the threat of suit is actually like part of the reason why companies make things better, which.
1: Yes. Which is why we're so glad we have those laws in place mm-hmm. for, for us to protect us. And I think, like, if you ever are anywhere, like, and you need something accessible to you, it's never bad to ask. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like a burden for asking. Even if, like, if you're at church and you would like a bigger print program or, you know, anything like that, you could always ask. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean... It depends on, you know, you don't always have to get the law involved, per se, (laughs) but, like, you could just ask. Yeah. Hopefully people would care.
0: (laughs) Right, exactly, because it's, like, it helps you... Not just like access information and and get things done, but it also helps you like feel a part of society. Yeah, of course. Like society is on the internet. Imagine if people with disabilities just couldn't use the internet. Like oh, I mean, yeah, that would be terrible. That would be horrible. So mm-hmm. it just I don't know. It's super super important and obviously something near and dear to me and and it's also like what I what I try to help do, do for a living. But yes. like. Um, well, let's, let's talk about, like, from our, so, like, like I said, Casey and I use like magnification, but let's talk about some things that in our lives we've discovered are not accessible or hard to use. Oh my God, There's so gosh. many.
1: So we'll start with digital. Yeah. So we'll do digital. This, welcome to Casey's rant corner. <laughs> I'll start with one and then we can go back and forth. Yeah. OK. OK. This is something that actually, so like Cass said, since we are low vision, we mostly use zoom. So we do use our eyes. We just have to zoom in to see things. and. Something that really bothers me that's almost on every website, oh my gosh, is those pop-ups and then you can't find your way out of the pop-up because usually there's a tiny, tiny X. And if you're using Zoom Mm -hmm. or even if you're not, it's so hard. So like I'll, you know, for instance, I'll be going, I'll see a, like a sweater I like. And I'll click on that to go on that website. And then there's a pop up to sign up for like their email newsletter mm-hmm. or something like that. And it's, and like you have to X out of it to get to the next page. And like it is eventually usually possible, but it, uh, sometimes you cannot find it. Yeah. Like, it is, they make it, they purposely make it hard to find, but I'm like, I'm blind and that's not fair to them. Well, and a lot
0: of times it's like a color contrast issue. Like they make the X yeah. super, super faint. Yeah. Oh, it's abysmal. And like, okay. So something that we were talking about like this week though, which I've been complaining about for years, and it's also why I don't use Snapchat because it's abysmal, um, is Instagram stories. I have such a hard time seeing Instagram stories and I pretty much only will look at them on my iPad where I know the screen is gonna be a lot bigger. But like, Mm. y'all, when we zoom in on our phones, the way we do it is um, it's like on an iPhone, you can turn on this setting, You know you can hear it in our other episode but like we we use like three fingers to kind of move around the screen um to see everything and like zoom in and out and on instagram stories like if you touch something in the wrong way like it'll skip to the next story and it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm trying to zoom in so I can read the text that people put on yes. the on the story. And I just, like, cannot do it. And I have to go back and forth or I have to take a screenshot and feel really creepy. And mm-mm.
1: yeah, no, I literally complained to Cass about this just in our daily life. Just, <laughs> I just, like, randomly texted her because here's the thing, like... If you're on an Instagram story and you want to read the text, generally the way a normally sighted person would do it is you can hold down the story with your finger mm-hmm. to keep it from turning to the next story, so you can like have take the time to read it. But for us, with the like Cass explained with the Zoom, you can't hold it down, mm-hmm. so it just goes to the next story right when you finally have gotten to the text to read it. It goes to the next story, and we can't really read the text yeah. without the Zoom. Like- it's so bad. I think on Instagram story, I mean on Instagram. Reels, I think you can pause, but on an Instagram story, you can't. Mm. And I'm afraid to like take a screenshot. Because taking a screenshot is a way around this. You can, like, go to your camera roll and zoom in on the text. But a lot of times, that's a lot of steps, and I don't care enough. But also the fact that it kind of freaks me out that it would notify the person that I took a screenshot. Yeah. And I don't know if Instagram does that, but I know that they've, like, tried out that feature before. And it always worries me that they're going to, like, put it back into play. And then I'm going to be a creepy stalker who, you know, screenshots Right, because,
0: like, I, so I didn't think... That Instagram told people, but, like, I don't, I don't know if when you, like, look at the people who saw your story, if it shows that, like, they do Yeah, this...
1: well, my sister told me it does show a little, like, thing next to Ooh. the person's name. Okay. And we... I know that in private messages, it does, it does say so-and-so took Ooh. a screenshot in a private message. Wait, yeah. I just
0: took a screenshot of a message. Like, is it, like, pictures it... and... Is it the pictures? It's just pictures. It's the pictures. Oh my god! I was just like, that's gonna be (laughs) so weird. uh Okay. We pictures. We. I want to put this to the test. Like we should test this. We should. One one of us should do it it to the 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 other one so that we can like. But it worries
1: me that even if it did, if even if it didn't do it, that like Instagram goes through all these testing phases so much with things though. So that's what scares me. Uh, Oh, I don't like (laughs) it. So but I do still watch stories and a lot of stories I can enjoy cuz people talk on them sometimes right. but when it's text I'm like ew I can't no no nope. And like can't read I that. think
0: this also remi- I don't know this kind of conversation is starting to remind me of our episode from last week where we kind of do things because we know that other people do it or other mm. cited people use it so like I'll I'll post on my Instagram stories um, and I'll post like concert videos or, or something, and I'll put some text on there because I know that people do that. But like, right. personally, I find it like really hard to read usually.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, and we're not always perfect, but this either. Like, sometimes we put text on our Instagram stories on the Rare with Flair page, but we try to make it really big. Right. And then sometimes also, like, I'll try to talk on the story mm-hmm. sometimes too so that people can actually hear it. And we also always provide alt text, which. If you are an Instagram user and you don't know what this is, when you post a picture, if you scroll down to the advanced to your grid. settings. Yes, yes, to your grid. Um, yeah, this is not for the story. But if you scroll down um, in the advanced settings, there's something called alt text, and you can add an image description there for people who use um, voiceover on their phone or a screen reader. So
0: Right. I mean, yes. I think it's like kind of obvious that generally if people are using a screen well actually this isn't always true sometimes people who aren't blind will use screen readers so sometimes it's helpful for people with dyslexia or just people who have a harder time reading in general but Uh um most screen reader users are almost totally blind and so generally they can't see pictures um so adding alt text to a picture that you post is really helpful i feel kind of hypocritical saying that though because like i don't do it on my like personal instagram i just like right. i i don't think i have too many
1: people that are following me that are blind um yeah but. i also i have a private account with like a smaller group of followers on there so we do make sure to do it on our rare with flare page but i'm not always the best at it on my personal either you know it's kind of I, I mean this is no excuse at all but sometimes they're harder to write than you would imagine they that are they pretty would tough be. to write Like, you want to do not too much, but not too little, and Mm -hmm. it's just like, yeah. And, like,
0: I – so so when I post uh, on the show notes on our website, I'll put um, alt text on the photos because for every – whether or not you follow us on Instagram, um, for every episode that we post, we post a different photo of either, like, a collage of us or the two of us. And um, on our website, there is alt text on those images, so you can hear that.
1: But – also on our Instagram. You can't put it on videos, right, can you? No, so yeah, when I post our little sound bites on Instagram, I have to just put it in the description instead mm. of for the alt text. And some people might be, this is all very confusing, I know, to, to explain. But we try our best uh, right. to do what we can to describe photos and videos we post um you know other things that really help me like online in general is just good fonts and good color contrast Mm -hmm. um for someone that does have some vision like um you know i know a lot of people have their feelings about amazon but i do think it's pretty easy to use and it has that big yellow button for you know click to put it in your cart and i think things like that without too much going on um pretty simplistic things with colors that i can like that i can see I find that really helpful because when things get you know super muddled it's it is hard to navigate for sure that's
0: funny because like i have some i mean i have some beef with amazon's design because i feel like they use too many words like Uh, i like in order to like look through the menu um this isn't as much as of an accessibility thing as much as it is just like a general like design and user friendliness thing um but, like, if I have to read the entire list to figure out what I want, like, mm. it just – it takes yeah. way too long. But but yeah. what you're saying, I think, is good, and I think also there's a pretty predictable layout with Amazon. Like, you can kind of foresee where most things are going to be um, so that, you know, you generally know where the buy button is. The shopping cart is pretty, like, noticeable. There's pretty decent contrast on everything, so I I – yeah I'd agree with that, but
1: yeah like do you how do you feel about fonts and colors and do you think about that in your job and your day to day right like- so like i mean i
0: I also like care about design the other I think the thing that people think about when they hear about accessibility for the first time is that oh, well, everything has to be ugly or, like, everything has to be extremely high contrast, just black on white, like, nothing nothing cute or fun or exciting. Uh, But it's such a common misconception that, like, being accessible doesn't have to mean being, you know, unappealing or or ugly or whatever. Like, I think that also people have that same thought about, like, putting in wheelchair ramps for, like, Businesses that only have steps Or things like that Mm -hmm. I think people's like knee jerk (laughs) reaction Is that like oh it's gonna look gross Or weird or out of place But it's only Mm. as out of place As you make it Um, You can can make really beautiful uh, But also Accessible designs that um, You know pretty much everyone can use And get something out of Which I feel like Is a good segue though To our next topic Oh, yes, yes. Which is... <laughs> Drumroll. <laughs> Drama. Oh, so, like, accessibility and, like... like, are you gonna say it or am i (laughs) i thought that you were and then i didn't know oh
1: well hey quick hey quick real quick though i did want to just say and we're gonna do the reason we're not really touching on this right now is we want to do a whole episode about it but also audio description in Mm. tv and film and and plays and all of that is super helpful we've we've talked about it before we want to do a whole ep so that's why we're not gonna linger on it here absolutely can do a whole app on this we're going to do a whole up on that because I have so much to say. I know you do, too. We have so much to say about that. Um, but anyway. Well, I, okay. Actually, one more thing. Like, the other thing that
0: I was thinking of was, like, um, besides, like, issues with Zoom, um, there are, like, sometimes issues where, like, I'll turn up the font size on my phone's settings. Um, so, like, the mm-hmm. font in my, like, texts are bigger. And sometimes, like, that will also affects like the font in like the browser or whatever web page I'm looking at. And like sometimes, and this is getting better and better because there are like newer, um, like standards in the web content accessibility guidelines to address these things. But I don't know if you've ever had this happen case where like you download an app and you open it and like, it's not, like, the the people who made the app, the developers for this company, like, didn't account for the fact that people could have larger text. And so yes. then, like, all the text is, like, overlapping or, like, cut off, and it looks bad, and I can't read Awful. anything.
1: Yes. Oh, that happens. All the time that happens. Yes. Yeah. So, like, oh, yeah.
0: that's, ugh, that's another, like, technology beef that I, as a person with
1: low vision, have, but yep yep i think all low vision people relate to that who who do like read you know like yeah. oh my gosh that is a nightmare yes because we all of course have our font turned up pretty big mm-hmm. and when websites don't account for that uh it's yeah not not all of them not all of them do unfortunately yeah it is brutal it is brutal mm. yes so, but accessibility in the physical world. In the physical world. It sounds like we're, like, on a TV show entering <laughs> the physical world. The physical world. <laughs> um, well, no, it is a different world, though, like, if you're comparing digital accessibility to real-world accessibility. But they both they both are a, are a thing. And did you – I think you're so good at explaining it. I want to pass the baton <laughs> uh, to you. We've talked about it, like, one other time in the past, but the curb cut effect um, – I think is like such a good accessibility thing to discuss oh
0: yeah so the curb cut effect, like we we talk about this all the time in accessibility um, because it it really is just like a really a great way to express an entire sentiment and like the underlying mm-hmm. thought is that um, when you design for people with disabilities a lot of times that ends up helping so many people broadly that you didn't really expect so a curb cut being like when a curb slants and slopes gently down to meet the street instead of being a step curb um you know that was initially created for people who use wheelchairs and obviously like I think everyone has taken good use of curb cuts you know I think that um you know people with strollers people who are like Pulling heavy loads, um, you know, even people who ride bicycles if they have to be on the yep. sidewalk for some reason, like there are a lot of applications for curb cuts, and that applies that's applied to so many accessibility. Yeah, com-
1: suitcases, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think it truly is such a true thing that once you make something accessible for one group, it can benefit so many other people. And I think, um, like we've said before, text messaging was originally created for deaf people. Um, that kind of messaging and now we all use it obviously and I think so many times people probably say oh that's such a you know such a big change to make or such a big effort to make for one small group of disabled people but they don't realize the effect could could be great on on everybody and it could have a good effect for everyone um, if we make these things accessible and people can you know benefit for so many different reasons from these things
0: right and and the other thing too that to that objection is that 20% of the population is disabled in some way. And like already in this podcast, like we've kind of uh, implied that there are a lot of differences throughout the disabled population. You know, something that benefits someone who is deaf may not benefit someone who is blind directly. Right. But yeah, you know, I think it's worth noting that, like, this is a, a really large group of people. 20% is a lot. And, yep. um, you know, things like closed captioning. Like, of course, it was created for the deaf who, you know, generally can't hear or can't hear well what's being said. uh, But, like, I don't know. You've probably been in a situation where, like you have to turn the volume down because someone's next to you mm-hmm. and you don't want them to hear. And having closed captions, like, you can read it.
1: Yes. And I, I you know, I can't read closed captions. Uh, but I, I do know that I, I have a lot of friends and family who use them who have perfect hearing. They just might want to, you know, see it as they hear it um, to kind of catch what's being said better. Oh, yeah. Um, English is my parents' second language.
0: And so, like,
1: whenever we watch,
0: like, British dramas, they'll, like, have to turn on the closed captioning because, like, sometimes
1: they speak too quickly in the accent and they're like, what are they saying? So (laughs) It's so funny because with Hamilton, um, when Hamilton came to Disney+, Plus, I had a few different people tell me I had to turn on the closed captioning because if you know anything about Hamilton, they rap really fast. And you're going to miss, you are going to miss something, uh, possibly, if you don't have on closed captions. So, yeah, I mean, I truly think, like, even if you're perfectly able-bodied and you have no disability disability at all you could benefit from a lot of these things so I would never turn your nose up at making things more accessible because it can only really help it can't hurt right I mean you know it might take a little more money and effort to make it that way but I think in the long run so worth it what are some other things Cass like in the real world that you uh find accessible and that have helped you like
0: um, yeah, so, like, something that I, as, like, a person with low vision, make a lot of use of without even really thinking too much about it is, like, places that have consistent layouts, like, I with, with a grain of salt, right? Sometimes they're, mm-hmm. like, slight variations of each other, but in general, like, when I'm at a restaurant, the bathrooms are usually, like, in the back or somewhere yeah. in the corner. And so I can use that assumption to go places. Like whenever I go to a Starbucks, a lot of them are laid out in similar ways. So I kind of know what I need to do where, but sometimes that only gets me so far though. Like, have you ever walked into the kitchen on
1: accident? (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah, like at a restaurant yeah. when you're trying to find the bathroom yep. and you just walk into, like, the staff area or the or the kitchen. Yes, no, I've definitely done that. Yeah, it can – I think in that I, – I agree with you. I like similar layouts. I think, like, 85% of the time it helps me, and then the mm-hmm. other percent it, like, hurts me, though, oh, yeah. because I feel like sometimes if you're expecting – like, let's say, like, oh, the bathroom's always in the back. Well, what if it's not for once and then you, like, don't know? But I think for the most part – no, I I think that I don't. I never really thought about that as something I rely on, but I yeah. do. It's kind of just like you you know, it's there, and that's so true. I think and one for me is like, of course, um, crosswalks that beep and make and talk oh, and yeah. make noise. Audible crosswalks are so good. Are also, um, when I used to take the the subway or the bus or whatever, having those announcements um, the stop announcements. on the Yes, the announcements that tell you where you're stopping at, like this is 42nd Street. I mean, that would literally get me through because I could not see where we were, and I wasn't going to sit there and count every stop. And then sometimes they don't even stop at every stop. Right. And so I had, and like some, there would be times I wouldn't be able to hear the announcement for whatever reason. Sure. Oh my god. And that would like panic me because I was like, or like when they would like turn it off or it wasn't working or something. I've had that happen on the bus, and I'm like panicking. Like. Yes. Oh, it's (laughs) terrible. But when it works, it's so great, and I'm so grateful. that they have that option for people who can't see where you are. I mean, I can't look out the window like other people and read where we are. And sometimes the numbers on the wall w- would be on the wall and they'd be huge. But still, mm-hmm. it's great to have that that crutch when yeah. you can't see what's going well, on. Well, and like yeah.
0: with with the bus, like uh, my workaround whenever that is happening is like I can pull up the, the stop map on my phone and like see in real time, like, okay, we're approaching this stop and mm. and that's really helpful. Like Apple Maps has a pretty decent layout of, of bus stops, but I feel like that wouldn't really help in the subway because I feel like a lot of times underground
1: you lose self service. So Yes, that's true. Yeah, you can't always rely on your cell phone. You've gotta rely on that that voice of the man speaking. I love the you. subway
0: man voice though. I feel like his presence <laughs> to me is so like <laughs> calming. I'm like, Yes, please Comforting. tell me where I'm getting
1: off. <laughs> I used to have all those memorized, like all his little spiels he would do, but not anymore. But um, no, he, he's great. <laughs> and speaking of subways. What? Oh, I was going to. Oh, oh no, go ahead. No, wait, what were you going to say? The truncated domes. Yes. Okay. Um, those are so helpful. To yes. know where the tracks yes. are. Yes. So those are like little bumps and you've, I'm sure you've noticed them or felt them. They were added for blind people. They're at the train station, but they're also, when you're about to cross a street, right when the street slopes down, there are these domes that are like tactile that you can feel with your cane or your feet that tell you, hey, stop, you're about to get hit by a car or a train, possibly, and (laughs) you don't want to- (laughs) <laughs> you don't want to go in the train track so those are really really helpful they
0: definitely go by so many names i feel like i've heard them called like those bumps like the bumpy those things. bumps well like... that's yeah that's
1: what i usually call them but i remember the real name
0: is actually, actually so well. in in some countries i think i've seen photos of places like shanghai um but um it's really cool because they make use of those like tactile markers on the ground where um you know in the pictures I've seen, Shanghai is a m- huge, major city, so, like, um the sidewalks are also really wide, but um they have these, like, raised lines, essentially, that, like, a cane user can use to kind of, like, guide them to know that they're heading, like, straight or where, like, an entrance is,
1: which is oh. really cool. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, it's like, I, 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 I really want to use them and see how it feels, you know? Yeah, that'd be amazing. But I feel like the other thing that is like speaking of tactile things on the ground, um, the the antithesis to this is uh, cobblestones.
1: Oh no, oh no! Yeah, yes, cobblestones are hor. I mean, they're beautiful looking. I guess so pretty but <laughs> for a cane though. For a uh-uh. wheelchair too. Oh yeah, you're right. Or a stroller, Ooh, for, like for anything. literally anything
0: with wheels. For anything,
1: yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah i think like
0: as people who like don't have good depth perception it's hard because like the cane isn't going to do a great job because it hits everything but then sometimes Mm -hmm. like some of them are higher than others so like i've always like i stumble around and trip because like it's hard to tell what's at the same level with the cobbles it's yeah it's rough (laughs) oh yes any other built environment actually so um, in the built environment there like there are standards for web there are kind of general guidelines for the built environment and they're called universal design um, and so there, there are things that talk about like the size and height of, of where things should be and, and considering those um, principles when when making I don't know when putting things together architecturally or design wise to make sure that like There's just, it's usefully placed for everyone because people who um, are wheelchair users or are kids or are are people with dwarfism, like they may need something at a lower height than your average, Mm. like average height person. Um, And so obviously you can't accommodate to everybody because, you know, there are people that are also seven feet tall. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But trying to be like, be the most helpful um, to the broadest group of people. <laughs> Definitely
1: yes. Well, I think we. I think. Oh <gasps> a- <Yeah>. mom. Um, <laughs> Wow. This is a game we haven't done in a while. It's been a minute since we did a word association game. Ugh. Yes, and this was Cass's idea. She was like, "Let's do that word association again." And it's I just love where that. We say like originally, word. it was
0: Case's idea,
1: though. A say. ridge, a ridge. But you remembered. Ridge. I had forgotten we ever did this. And we just <laughs> say a word and come up with the first story or association in our mind, and it's pretty fun. Are oh, uh, you ready to
0: uh, go?
1: I'm ready. I'm ready. Go. <laughs> Okay, I'll give you your first word. Tell me, it, or words uh, in this case, um, spelling bee.
0: Oh my God! Okay, so I. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I I was always a really good speller, and I feel like it's really funny because spelling is one of those things that you're either really good at or yes. you're really not. Uh, me on the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> I don't. Know. I feel like this is my. This is not based in science even a little bit. Um, but I feel like I've noticed that people who tend to be better at math and at,
1: at pattern recognition tend to be better at spelling. I think um, this is 100% true, yes. I've noticed <laughs> I've noticed that. Because I'm really good at all the other parts of English, and I like reading, but I'm terrible at spelling, so I think it's a different part of the brain. Like, yeah. I genuinely don't think it's the same. It took me a long I, yeah, time to I, understand grammar, but, like, things like, I like spelling grammar. and math
0: were a lot easier. Yeah, no. I
1: don't mm, know. No, not spelling, but anyway. Anyway, so spelling, spelling bee. <laughs> <laughs> So
0: uh, I'm trying to remember how old I was. Um, I think I was in like fifth grade or something, um, and I ended up getting to the district spelling bee. So like I, I, I oh my won my school spelling bee because I was a oh, nerd. Really? Oh uh, I, love it. So, I like, love it. I was in the district B, and so you you <laughs> never forget the words. Oh, the word that, yes, you, that you messed up as a child. Oh, what was it? It was grotto, and I'm really embarrassed because, like, it's one of those words in English with the T's that are, like, rolled a little bit um, that aren't, like, the strong T. Because if it was pronounced grotto, I would have known that it was spelled with two T's. But I, you know, I practiced a bunch for this, but still, um, I didn't remember Ariel and her grotto. um, I I definitely thought of me! But, like, I... (laughs) <laughs> I sassed the announcer.
1: <laughs> oh, you! Of course, you did.
0: <laughs> I was like, I was like, well, it would have been helpful to pronounce it the correct
1: way. And I like oh. sat down. It's just like, <laughs> so you spelled it with one t. Is that like, I how spelled you did it wrong? with a d? Oh, with a d. I see. Yeah, I yeah. I Which... was wondering if it was a d or one t. Well, you know, I'll never forget. The, I think it's, I think it's the announcer's fault too. So I know, I know that's how it's pronounced, but you know.
0: Anyway.
1: It's fine. It's fine. My word for you.
0: That was a really good one.
1: (laughs) Uh, My word for you is brownie. Brownie. You know, when I think of brownies, I think of my sister because she makes the best brownies ever. And I don't know how or what she even... I don't even know what the recipe is. It might even be a box recipe, really. That's okay. But I think of the first... After she got married, her and her husband moved into an apartment, and I, he was out of town once, and I spent the night at her new place, and I felt, it felt so cool and grown up, you know, she, like, was, and she made me brownies, and I, I it was very good. Yes. Okay, my next one for you is Rocket Ship. Rocket Ship. I don't know.
0: Um, huh. Well, I'm thinking of so um so I I've rewatched Jane the Virgin uh which is one of my favorite shows ever and I rewatch it periodically. I have to like tell myself not to rewatch it as often uh-huh. cuz I'm tired of it. But at the end um they're like recording this like telenovela that like pl- takes place
1: in outer space. So that's what
0: I'm thinking <laughs> of. Yes. Oh, I love that.
1: <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't have to necessarily be a story. It can be just an association, so that totally checks out. All
0: right, so my word for you is birthday party.
1: Ooh, birthday party. I'm going to think of, you know, I really was blessed growing up to have some fun birthday parties. And I think one of my favorite ones, um, ooh, I don't know, we had a few, but I went to a, a movie theater with some of my friends and saw the Rugrats movie. Oh my gosh, uh, I like that. that's perfect for you! And it was very me, but yeah, that was I think my favorite childhood birthday party. Oh, there were some that. fun ones though. My one for you is recess. Um. This reminds me of
0: being blinded by the sun constantly, and but oh. then like just because it's so bright outside yes. and blind yes. child, um. But I remember really enjoying um playing on the swings, uh, because I feel like I feel like so many of the loner kids like always played on the swings.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, me. Uh.
0: <laughs> but I it kind of makes me miss like swinging on a swing there's something very relaxing about that there
1: is I love a rocking motion oh my gosh I
0: love it so soothing it's so soothing I used to like did because I was daredevil child did you ever jump off the swings
1: oh yeah I did I and I wasn't even daredevil child but I love I did love doing that and Mm. I loved um twisting the swing as far as we could and then like spinning out so yes. Fun. Yes. And we would do all kinds of things. My friends and I would try to like sit on the swing together, like cross our legs and like <laughs> try to swing together. I mean, there were so many, we, I'm, I'm, you know, shocked we didn't break a bone. On I the know, swings because right? We were always <laughs> finding new ways to <laughs> swing on the swings or like swinging on your stomach. Oh, like that hurt on your stomach. After a while. Yeah. No, I know. I'm surprised we could do any of this actually honestly, yeah, children, uh, children are very, bedtime.
0: Like, forgiving, I guess. Like, they'll bounce they don't around a lot. in pain.
1: Well, I'm like, oh, my back, you know. I know, right? Hands. I feel like if I, I tried not. to
0: jump off a swing, my knees would, oh, like, my crumble Oh, my knee, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah,
1: no, no, no. That would hurt. That would hurt. Okay, yeah. my word for you is sunset. Sunset. Ooh. My immediate thought was I saw the sun rise recently at the beach with my dad, and that was nice, but that's not a set. A sunset. Hmm. I mean, I still obviously, even though it's such a cliche answer, I still do think of the beach because the sunset on the beach. It's always the time. It's actually quite stressful, though, (laughs) because it's always the time of day you really want to get Pictures, but you have to be there at like the perfectly right time because then it's either too light or too dark, and everybody else is out there taking pictures (laughs) at the sunset, so then it's crowded. So, I don't know if the beach at the sunset is actually relaxing or extremely crowded and stressful for pictures. Um, because we are in the Mm -hmm. Instagram age and that is what people are doing on the beach at sunset, but you know, you gotta gotta add to that grid, (laughs) yes, gotta add to that grid, gotta get your feed going, but uh, but no. That was fun. That was good. I love a word association. Yes, yes. Oh, me too, me too. Very fun. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for being here. We will see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.